you can see the growth coming. You can see, you know, like like the spikes and and the additional interest um, that that you have and and the exposure that that's that's going on. You can see that coming. Plus, you kind of get a sense for it too. Um, and your numbers should be showing it too. But but anyhow, um, you've already got the, the the things built. You know, you've already got. You know, you've identified your your, your values, so you know what you're looking for in hires. You, you've identified you you know what, what your purpose is and what your brand is all about. So 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 you've got the core essentials for your business already dialed in. You know, and and you've got your marketing systems, your sales systems already all roughed out. So so when it comes time, that the hire becomes very easy. Um, well, a lot easier. I guess I don't know if there's any such thing as a really easy hire. Um, uh, I mean, talking about hiring to keep somebody, you know, but, but we've got, you got those core things in, in place. So it's much better to, to do it even before you need it. Hey, it's Chuck here. And I'm so glad that you're listening to this episode. And I just want to take this quick moment right now to let you know about our free collaborators toolkit. And this episode is all about partnership and collaboration. And our guests share many resources, tools, and things that you can use to make collaboration and partnership easier in your business. So if you're looking for better ways to grow and scale your business through collaborations and strategic partnerships, this free collaborators toolkit is gonna contain the best resources from our workshops, as well as contributions from our guests. And these tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for. And they're going to help you to solve everyday business challenges and access highly effective ideas that can help and grow your business exponentially. I know they've helped me and I know they're going to help you as well. And the best part about these tools is that they're completely free. And our gift to you for being a valued member of our community and a subscriber to the show. So you can get access to all of the resources contained inside the Collaborators Toolkit today by visiting the website at www.collaboratorsunite.com slash toolkit. That address again is www.collaboratorsunite.com slash toolkit. Go ahead and register today, get access to all the resources, and I'm going to see you on the inside. Now, here's the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is the Creative Collaboration Show with Chuck Anderson. This is the show where we inspire entrepreneurs and business owners to grow and scale their business by looking for ways to collaborate, to partner, to bring in missing pieces of the puzzle that could be the key to overcoming obstacles in your business and that key to scalability and reaching all of your business goals. And we like to bring on guests who we think are good people for you to, first of all, know about because they are masters at the things that they do. Also, we think they're just darn good people to collaborate with as well. And today's guest is definitely one of those people. Today, I have Chris Gogan with me here today. Chris, welcome. Thanks, Chuck. Thanks for having me here. And I know that this has been a long time coming. We've had a couple of conversations now and was like, yeah, let's have you on the show. And finally, the stars have aligned and here we are. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, excited to be here. Yeah. Thank you for allowing me to share. 
Well, likewise, and I'm really looking forward to what you have to share. Um, I'm always fascinated when you and I meet up. Uh, you and I are in a mastermind group together, and uh, when you share the things that you do, especially for businesses that are on a growth path, uh, they hear the things all the time, systems and scalability and delegation and automation and all the things, uh, but how like do you put that language. together in a way that works? And that's kind of what you do. But and, and that's my understanding of what you do, but I'm going to let you share with everybody, you know, who you are and what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Um, well, when you start off saying like, um, but like, like entrepreneurs, it's like, I, I, I laughed because I, I just had this flashback. Cause it's like, I think I was like, um, uh, least likely entrepreneur. So like, I, I remember I'd helped a friend get a job at this, uh, this one company, um, medical, large medical device company. And, um, I, I interviewed for it and I made it through, through all the interviews. And then I got kicked out uh, at the end because I, I had taken a, a standardized Gallup test and the test came back and said, I'm not cut out for sales um, and definitely not, not cut out for, for having a business. And yet, and yet here, here I am, <laughs> you know, I, I have a business, I'm, I'm good at sales and, you know, and here we are talking about entrepreneurship. So um, uh, I, uh, my name is, I'm Chris Goegan. I'm originally from Canada. I live in uh, uh, California. The winter is a little bit nicer out here. So you might hear me say like an A or an Holy Smokes or something out in a boat, something like that. Um, you're, you're a fellow Canuck, so, so I enjoy uh, talking with other Canucks. I'm, uh, I'm married. Um, uh, Naomi, we married for be 24 years this year. We got four kids and, and uh, a dog, uh, Black Lab Scout. Um, let's see. Uh, like to go for walks on the beach, play hockey, do anything outdoors. Um, is, is, there, is there any other stuff that, that about, about who I am? Or? No, but I loved I loved how you you worked in that uh, that stereotypical Canadian pronunciation of certain words. And being a West Coaster, I don't have quite the the same uh, <laughs> the the same pronunciation as maybe people from Ontario or Quebec have. But uh, yeah, definitely uh, when people think of Canada, they think of what hockey, uh, Canadian bacon, and uh, uh, a boot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I fit uh, those stereotypes pretty well. Yeah, my my friends out out here in uh, Southern California they they refer to me as the Canadian. So, um, but yeah, yeah, and and you talk about systems. So, like my background was um, uh, my degree is in mechanical engineering with a minor in electrical engineering business, and I built high volume manufacturing lines for Ford Motor Company. So um, I get thrown into the worst area of the plant. And said Chris, go make it better, um, or you're fired. You know, um, so. I was the first engineer that they hired in, uh, gosh, over a decade. And um, here I was in the, this is the late 80s, um, early 90s. And Ford was throwing their quality around. And I, I had a, I was like barely tw in my 20s. And I had a $30 million personal budget, you know, so a ton of responsibility. And it was great because it's like, that's, that's where I, I really like, like systems really grabbed hold of me because I would have to go into the area of the plant, uh, the worst area of the plant, find all the problems prioritize them all, put measurements in place and put dashboards in place. You know, I had no idea how much that would help me, you know, like a few decades later, you know, like, like doing what, what, what I'm doing now. Um, so from, from engineering, uh, and then I moved to California, I, I've um, designed parts for the International Space Station program, real world hunt for it, October submarine, bunch of other stuff. Um, got into sales, was awful at it. When I got into it, banged out over 100,000 cold calls. Um, you know, hi, I want to, I want to buy my stuff. It's like, 
it was miserable. I hated cold calling. Um, I think I had three calls that I actually liked. Uh, the rest were miserable. But eventually, I I had some very good mentors that came along and helped me out, taught me, and uh, eventually became very good at that. Got into marketing. I was going to buy a direct mail franchise, and um, so I went to work there, and then um, learned direct mail. Uh, did a ton of direct mail, and then someone said, "Chris, why would you spend four hundred grand on a franchise?" I said, well, "Why not just just do, go off on your own?" So I did. Um, I started a consulting business, and this thing called the internet came along, and um, and then uh, uh, you know Google Ads and SEO and stuff like that came along. So I, I learned those platforms. Did what an engineer would do. I took it apart, did two mile deep dive onto it, you know, figured out how everything worked, put it back together again, um, and just ran programs. Other platforms came out, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, all these different platforms. And then um, so I and then so I just developed like systems for how to deal with those platforms. But but really the bigger thing is understanding how these traffic platforms work, understanding human psychology, how people buy, why people buy, and how they buy online. Um, and then, uh, I, I put together just systems for growing and scaling businesses. Um, and that's, that's what I do. I, I grow and scale businesses, whether people are looking, um, to, to get to six figures, multiple six figures, looking to crack seven figures or go from seven figures to, you, you know, uh, um, uh, 10, 20, 50 plus million help clients do, do all, all of those. So mm -hmm. it's a long winded background. Yeah, well, I, I love that background and I love the what you just said there about those transitions to all those different you know, all those different business stages and business levels in terms of growth. And you know, there's there's a lot of challenges that come along with going from one business stage to another when we're trying to transition from six to seven figures or seven to eight or eight to nine. Um, you usually don't get there by what got you here. And so it's not just about making the numbers bigger, but the systems and the teams and the automation and all those, the parts of the process need to change to help to get you to that next level. I know that's something that you and I have talked about before, but maybe speak to that a little bit because these transit, you know, we, these transitions from one business stage to another are not that easy, especially when you go from solo entrepreneur to having a team and then growing that team and all, all of the above there. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And then, uh, cause stuck in old ways will, will, will really destroy and stunt your growth. Um, like, like I remember when I was an engineer before, we used to give a lot of work to this company called AFM. And um, these guys are craftsmen. They were really good at what they do. They, they were they were mold makers. Um, uh, very, very talented. And I remember asking my engineering manager, it's like, it's like, what does AFM stand for? And he smiled and he said, anything for money. <laughs> and, and I started laughing. I'm like, and he could tell by the scrunched look on my head. And I, you know, head turned. I was like, what? He goes, because, yeah, when they first started, they'd come and they would knock on the door and they'd say, you have any work? He goes, and I'd ask him, so like, well, what do you do? And they said, we'll do anything for money. And and I, I love that because it's like when you're starting off a business, when you're startup mode and, you know, getting to six figures, um, you're in AFM mode. You'll do anything for money. You say yes to, to everything and everyone because you need cash flow. And you're still you're still trying to figure out you're you're like a newborn like like colt you know comes out its legs are shaking you're trying to figure out like 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 who you are and who you want to be in the, in the marketplace now you may have an idea but it's going to take time to figure that out so you say yes to to everything and anything um, and then once something happens though once you cross into six figures and you're into like multiple six figures then that will hurt you that will kill you because 
you have to say yes to less. Yeah, you have to step back. You have to simplify. You have to start saying no and figuring out all the things. Hey, I really like this. I really like this. I don't like this. I don't like that. I love this. And those things that you love, those are the things that, that you dial in on. And that becomes your, your unique positioning, your unique stance, your unique brand, your stand in the marketplace. It becomes all these things. So it's like it's a hard change for people to like let go of the things that got them there. And then and then the harder change is even now once you, you have some more money, you know, you're multiple six figures, you want to start going after seven figures or maybe you're at seven. You want to like, like go multiple seven. You start wanting to bring on team players. Well, the hardest thing is, is, is there's two bad things that usually happen. One is people abdicate, meaning I don't want to figure this thing out. Like, like on the marketing, for example, like, hey, I don't want to figure out marketing, so I'll hire, I'll hire an agency or I'll hire somebody to do the marketing because I don't want to figure it out. You figure it out. You know, well, that can be disastrous because especially a lot of times if you're like um, uh, some companies, you get a senior level rep will pitch you and a junior level person with six months experience is, is doing all your positioning, all your marketing, everything for you. And that, that's not going to end good. Um, the second part that's, that's really hurtful for business owners is they just can't let go of control. They don't want to let go. They think if I'm not the one doing it, it's easy. You know what? Instead of explaining to somebody, if I just do it myself, it's easier. We'll be able to, I'll just get it done faster. It's just easier. I'll just do it myself. But if you can't let go of that control, you'll never grow because you'll go insane because there's nothing more maddening than a lack of growth or maybe a lack of sustained growth, um, but lack of growth with most systems because then you've got more problems. You've got more clients, you've got more sales calls, you got more people banging on your door You have, and you have less time than you already have right now, <laughs> if, if you can imagine that, right? So um, so, so it's like, it's like a different level, different devil. Mm -hmm. You know, as we talk about business growth, I've had two different experiences, as, you know, as myself as a business coach, and maybe you could weigh in on this and help guide one way or the other. But there's the ones that are proactive going, okay, I'm, I'm in a growth stage. Uh, I need to start thinking about some of these things and putting different things in place. And then there's the ones that are more reactive. That's like, oh shit, we've grown and the stuff that got us here is getting us there and things are really, really, really broken. Uh, I know for myself, I tend to get people more in the reactive stage than the proactive stage. Uh, what are you noticing? Uh, love the Canada, the Canada mug, by the way. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's why they call you the Canadian. Um, right. So, but what are you noticing there in terms of, you know, when is the right time to start thinking about this and, and, you know, being proactive versus reactive with, with the growth? Yeah. And that's, that's a great question, Chuck. Um, and it's a lot of people tend to be more reactive than uh, proactive and people that tend to be proactive, they're proactive too soon. You know, so it's, it's like, um, there's just like people just make mistakes a lot and that's, and that's fine. It's people who are proactive, obviously it's better to see growth coming and then, and then start, start preparing for it. People who are proactive, they'll tend to hire people too soon and don't have work for them. Um, and then what they do is, is then they'll scramble to get work to try to keep them busy, but then they've taken their eye off the prize or taken the eye off, off where, you know, where they're going. People who are reactive. They're like, holy crap, the house is burning. Now, now what do we do? And then, and then so they scramble, they hire the first, the first good person or the systems that they put in place. Um, the first thing that looks good, looks good, smells good, must be good, right? And so they, they hire that person or buy the software. This is going to solve everything, but it causes even more problems. 
you know, and um, what I found is that I found that when we work with people, I, I have what I call the core growth systems. And when you're starting off, it's like we build these core growth systems. And it's like, so you're neither proactive or, or, or you're ne- neither proactive nor reactive. Did I say that right? Um, I, I wasn't, wasn't very good in English, you know, like, like, uh, <laughs> growing up, my, my high school English teacher said, man, Guigan can't spell worth a damn, but man, what a hockey player. Um, but, um, it's a Canadian stereotype there. Well, right? he said oh, that about me ex- as well, except for the great hockey p- player part. <laughs> I was okay, but not great. <laughs> yeah, I figure that's why they have spell check, you know, it's to, to get you close enough, right? Spell that's right. Check. But, but anyhow, you know, so, so it's like what I do with, uh, with people we work with, it's like, you know what? Let's build these core growth systems. And so we're neither being proactive nor reactive. We're, we're being, I guess if we had to choose, I guess we're being more proactive on it, but, but we're building these systems before you need them. So by, by time, and you can see the growth coming, you can see, you know, like, like the spikes and, and the additional interest um, that, that you have and, and the exposure that that's, that's going on. You can see that coming, but you kind of get a sense for it too. Um, and your numbers should be showing it too, but, but anyhow, um, you've already got the, the, the things built. You know, you've already got, you know, you've identified your, your, your values. So you know what you're looking for in hires. You, you've identified, you, you know, what, what your purpose is and what your brand is all about. So, so, so you've got the core essentials for your business already dialed in, you know, and, and you've got your marketing systems, your sales systems already all roughed out. So, so when it comes time that the hire becomes very easy, um, well, a lot easier. I guess, I don't know if there's any such thing as a really easy hire, um, uh, I mean, talking about hiring to keep somebody, you know, but, but we've got, you got those core things in, in place. So it's much better to, to do it even before you need it, but building, see, I work with businesses that they want to grow. They, they've got something inside of them. That's so good. They want to bring it out to the world and they want to grow. They want to bring this out good. So it's not like a little hobby kind of thing. So it's like, well, if we're going to build it, let's, let's build this foundation. And then we're just going to build everything on top of that foundation. So. Yeah, I think that is really well said. And one of the takeaways that I took from you just saying is that you can predict growth. You can see that you're growing. And and I think the proactive approach is, hey, I know that we're growing. Let's do something about that so that we know that we're ready to handle that growth versus, hey, we're growing and we've grown and we're not handling it all that well. And so... So it's really two ways to look at it. One would think that being proactive is better, but uh, like I said, I've had many conversations with people that are more reactive. It's like, we need a solution to this because this this thing in our business is clearly broken and not working and, and isn't going to be sustainable. Yeah, and it's just like those, like, why not work on those things before? Like, like you know, because a lot of people, what, what they don't do, and forgive me if I'm taking us off on a tangent, um, but like, like, for example, something so simple as, as like, um, their lead closing system, their sales system, like you should be developing that right from the get go. I said, most people with their selling system, they'll just hop on calls and close sales without any, without any rhyme or reason or method methodology to it. It's like, no, it's like, like develop your lead closing system right now, like right from the get go, right from, right from day one. So, so, so you've got it dialed in. Hey, this is, this is how I do it here. You know, there's a call one, maybe there's a call two, and then, and then this happens and that happens. So, so have that all in place. So, so when things grow, well, you've already, you've already got that, that, that part of your business all, 
um, all laid out, all structured out. So it becomes really easy to hire somebody very quickly and train them. Hey, this is how we do it. Rather than having them reinvent the wheel and try to figure it out on, on their own or try to replicate with, with what you do. It's like, no, you develop the system for it. And then, and then, and then you just hire somebody to fill it out. Mm -hmm. So I like sales as the example, because I just spoke with someone last week who's uh, on a sales trainer. We, and, and, we uh, we talked about process and, and whatnot. Now, a lot of founders can sell. It's their vision. It's their baby. They can they can sell it because it's, you know, it's in here and it's in here. Right. And then when it comes time to hire someone to sell for you, uh, are you going to just put them on calls and say, hey, go sell this thing? Or how are you going to train them? How are you going to take what's here and here and give it to them? to then be able to uh, to be able to duplicate yourself. And, you know, you and I have talked about before, like how founders are very involved and then, you know, they want to create systems where they can become less involved and then eventually to the point where they don't need to be involved at all in order for that system to to run. So maybe you could speak to that a little bit as well. Yes. So. So it's like with the founder, my question for you is like, do you want to do what you're doing forever? Like all your, like yourself, do you want to be the magic all the time? All the time, never taking a break ever, you know, and, and you know, and it's like, I'd give a pregnant pause on that, you know, but, but it's like, but you gotta, you gotta let that, that thought like germinate for a minute or, or do you want to build a business? Um, you know, my, my, my good friend, Michael Gerber, um, you know, he, he would say, well, most people, Chris, most people don't have businesses. They've got really crummy paying jobs, you know? So, so if the business is just you, that's fine. But do you want it to be, you know, Michael Gerber's words, uh, you know, a crummy paying job, or do you want to build a business that works for you? Well, and so, so as soon as, soon as you, you, you see the distinction between the two, um, then, then all of a sudden you, you start looking at things differently. So it's like, okay, well, if I want a business, meaning, I'm not, I don't have to be the magic all the time, all the time. So, I mean, so, so a sales process, well, how would I ask, how would I train somebody to do that? How do I do that? And, and it, it becomes pretty easy to start, to start taking like, like what the founder does and dissect that really quickly. You know, is it, is it, is it a one call close? Is it a, is it a multi-close? Do you have a 15 minute call that leads to an hour call or half an hour call? Or do you have like, like setting up a set process and what's the purpose of, of each step? What's the purpose of this? step what's the purpose of the next step what's the purpose of the next step now the purpose of each step is to move them along but but every purpose there's something you want to accomplish in each thing and so so when you sit down with the founder even ones that, that just are just intuitively know what to say and do to close sales well if they don't want to get out of that then there's nothing that will do you know but if they want to get out of that then then we have this conversation and all of a sudden they're like oh, yeah no it's like you know what chris the very first thing i need to do is i need to make sure that they're qualified so okay well, well how do you do that and oh, this is how I do it. So okay, well, why don't we make that the first step, the qualification process? Okay, yeah. And then they get really invested in it, and they're like, oh yeah, no, I I see that. So so like my days as an engineer, we had assembly lines, and and something would happen in the first step, and then and then it would move on to the second step. Something would happen there, and move on to the next step. Something else would happen there. So I kind of look at marketing and sales as as like that. It's like like an assembly line of sales. So something happens at each step. And, and then you've got specific intent. You do everything with specific intent, specific purpose. So the purpose of that first step is to lead them to the next step. And you also want to disqualify disqualify people who aren't qualified. Um, and then be able to measure every single step on there. So you can establish your baseline metrics. So when you hire somebody, you'll be able to see their metrics. And, you'll, and, and you know, you'll be able to say, okay, gosh, it's like, like 
yeah, Charlie, Charlie's got um, 10 leads and, and he, and he had uh, uh, one present or three presentations and three closes. Well, Susan had 10 leads, zero presentations and zero closes. Okay. Well, what's Susan doing? There's something Susan's doing. That's not so right. Let's, Charlie's got got the clothes going on. Maybe we can help Charlie with the 10 leads to three presentations. Maybe we can make that 10 to six. So what can we do there to, to tighten that up and improve that? You know, and so so when, when you start breaking breaking things down into steps and processes, one, it's going to free you up. It's going to pull you up from having to do everything yourself. Second of all, it's going to allow you to manage people so much easier and so much better. And you're going to get such better results because there's tremendous opportunity in any business to, to really like 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 multiply multiply the results. I had had somebody like going through one of my programs and we, we took apart their, their sales process and um, they posted their numbers that, that they gave to me. They, they posted a 14.6 X. So 14.6 times improvement on um, uh, the number of sales coming in because we re-engineered their, their process and they had a great closing ratio ratio going in already. So 14 times, almost 15 times more sales just by by changing this this process and re-engineering it. Mm. So that was a great explanation. I just think that that made it really, really clear, not only the value of of mapping out those processes, taking it from here and actually, okay, what are the steps? Yep. But also a great demonstration of the value that you bring to businesses and how you can help. Because uh, when we're when we're sitting here unpacking it, I think it's really easy for a founder or a CEO or an entrepreneur just to to go, yeah, okay, I can do that. But when it really comes down to the execution, um, very rarely are we that proactive where we're sitting down and mapping it out. It takes collaborating with someone like yourself. To really, uh, to really get that done, and you know, of course, the theme of our show is creative collaboration. Uh, you bring a lot of creativity to the table, and you're a great guy to collaborate with, which is why I invited you to this show. Because uh, this is a, even though sometimes it can be a little challenging to get our head around the systems and the automation and all the steps, and it's not something that's at the 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 top of our priority list as as founders. Uh, it is something that is so, so vital, especially when we want to move away from solo entrepreneur to a uh, business owner to a business that runs and functions without you. And, and Chris, that's exactly what you do, which is a, a great, uh, a great, uh, uh, I think not only resource, but for anyone listening in right now who is at that stage in their business where you've tried some of these things maybe you've tried delegating maybe you tried hiring maybe some of your systems really aren't working the way you originally intended uh you might want to reach out to chris and i'm gonna if you're watching this on video i'm gonna have all his links there beneath this video and on podcast it's in the podcast show notes just click on your phone there and all his links are right there and uh do reach out to chris and uh and i think have the conversation because as you can see he understands it's got that engineering mind and as, as someone who chris who used to work in an engineering department i'm not a you know a diploma engineer but i worked in engineering for a very long time i i get the you know the logical the step-by-step -step process is just so important 
And there are steps, even though like we think we're doing things instinctively, there are still steps and there's still processes that we are following to do these things. So, yeah. And that becomes extremely important if you want to do things at scale. Like if you want to grow things really big, then, then it becomes, you got to have that. Um, the entrepreneurials will get you off the ground and get, get you cooking. But man, if you want to hit that, that new level and it's, it's fun doing that, if you want to hit that new level, then, then you got to like uh, engineer your, your, your systems, your processes on, um, you know, from, from the marketing right through from the first touch, the first one second of, of attention that they give you, amplify that attention all every step along and until, until they're a client and buy. And, and, and here, here's something about, um, about systems that most people, when, when, when I talk about systems, they, they picture like a four inch book that it, it, it goes thud and, and of these documented processes that nobody will ever read and nobody will ever follow. Uh, it, they're they're far from that. In fact, when people see like what like systems, my definition of systems, um, it, it they're they're really shocked at how really simple um, they are, you know. And so so anyhow, so it's, I don't want people to get to get scared when they hear the word systems. It's no, it's like mm-hmm. it's actually a lot easier that, than uh, than than most people think. So. Well, and the easiest thing to do is to connect with you and have a conversation about it. Sometimes yep. just talking this through with somebody is that next step in in clarity. So highly recommend that people do that. Um, I think we've covered a lot of ground. I mean, this has been really, really great and uh, and valuable. We could probably talk about these things all day long. There's a lot to unpack here, but I think uh-huh. at a high level, this has been a very valuable session. Um, before we bring this episode to a close, I just want to ask you something because, you know, as one business owner to another, um, you know, we're, we're on our own growth journey. We're on our own growth path. For me, books have played such a big role in that growth and just bringing in all the information uh, for not only my business, but for myself as well. And so I like to ask all my guests here, uh, because I'm just fascinated by the answers that have been coming from this question. And that is, if you had to recommend just one, maybe two, uh, books that are must read books that have been, you know, vital to your growth or really important to you, uh, what do you recommend? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Cause, cause, you know, I, I have, I've got a bookshelf. Like I've read a lot of books over the years. I've got a bookshelf where it's like, these are the books for my kids to read. Like, like, from all these are the ones that, that that daddy like would recommend you know to save you years you know and like 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 right at the front of those like like the top ones on there is my good friend michael gerber um the e-myth revisited um that you know michael is known as the uh, small business guru you know and the systems guy um and uh which is flattering when he reached out to ask me to help him you know like build systems for his business so but anyhow that that book is phenomenal like if you haven't read that i think it's on I think it's like number one best-selling business book of all time. It's like top mm. ten, top ten books that billionaires read. It, it's everyone who's ever built a business credits it, it, it back to that. You know, um, mo- not everyone, but most most people. You know, so that one. And then the second one is um, is this really fun read. It's called "Sell Little Red Hen Sell" uh, by Jeffrey Hansler. It uh, that if you want to know like what makes people tick. That book is phenomenal. It's a short read. It's um, it picks up the story of the little red hen, you know, who, who baked pies, and you know, mm-hmm. if you didn't help baking the pies, then you're not going to get any. That book was about work ethic. Um, 
this book was about how Little Red Hen had to learn how to sell. And it talks about like uh, uh, personalities. It, it talks about probably the biggest thing that has ever helped me in sales is most eye-opening, especially in marketing too, is values. Understanding the, the values. And I'm not talking about the way values, people traditionally think about values. But it's if you want to understand people, that's that's the best book. If I could throw a third one in there, um, it would be Why People Buy by Guy Baker. So, Wow. Well, we're going to add those to our growing list of books that have not been recommended by other guests. I mean, the E-Myth was uh, one that I encountered very early in my journey. Uh, I didn't really internalize it as, as and, and absorb it as quickly as I maybe should have. I had to learn the hard way, even though Michael does warn you in the book. Uh, but the other two, um, and we were talking about this before, you're right. I never heard of either of those before. So I'm not definitely going to check those out. Uh, for everyone listening, the links to those books are all here beneath this video and, uh, in the podcast show notes page as well. So you can, uh, you can connect with any of those books. All of Chris's contact information is there. I think the the next logical step is if, if this has resonated with you and you're at a stage in your business where you're ready for growth or scale or you've been there and maybe things are broken a little bit or seem broken, uh, I think a conversation with Chris is a logical next step. All of his links are there. So with that, I want to thank uh, you, Chris. Thank you so much for uh, everything that you shared with our audience here today. And uh, and to our audience, thank you. I think this is uh, I, uh, hopefully time well spent for you. And, and don't let this be for nothing. Let Make sure you have a next step. Connecting with Chris might very well be that next step for you. Um, Chris, if you were to leave our audience with just one final uh, piece of advice or words of wisdom, uh, what would you say to them? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, I, I would say it's like it's good to every now and then step back from your business and take inventory. Just like, like, like just step back and, and look at, hey, you know, what? if I keep doing what I'm doing right now, I'm going to get to where I want to go. You know, look at your vision and look at what you're doing and, and, and see, see if you're on track. If you are great, if you're not, then then then, yeah, then you might want to like rethink like a you know different approach, different strategy, because like you mentioned earlier, Chuck, um, every level to get to the next level you got to discard some things um, and pick up some new things uh, um, to grow to that next level. So that's it. Fantastic. And great words to end this episode by. So Chris, thank you to our audience. Thank you as well. Uh, keep moving forward. Keep working on uh, your big dream, your big mission in your business. Uh, and if things are broken, there are great people to, uh, to collaborate with. If you're looking for a missing piece of your puzzle, again, great people to collaborate with. Chris is definitely one of those people. So do reach out to him. And uh, in the meantime, keep moving forward. We'll see you back here on another episode of the Creative Collaboration Show. And until next time, this is Chuck Anderson saying, uh, keep moving forward and be awesome, everybody. This episode is brought to you by the Collaborators Toolkit. If you're looking for better ways to grow and scale your business through collaborations and strategic partnerships, our free Collaborators Toolkit contains the best resources from our workshops, as well as contributions from our guests. These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday business challenges and to access highly effective ideas that can grow your business exponentially. 
The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and our gift to you for being a valued member of our community and a subscriber to our show. You can get free instant access to the Collaborators Toolkit today by visiting our website at www.collaboratorsunite.com forward slash toolkit. That address again is www.collaboratorsunite.com slash toolkit. Register today and I'll see you on the inside.